Good morning. It's been a while since I've been up here. Um, for those of you that don't know, my name is Jared, and I have the honor of um, opening the service for you this morning. And I'll read a verse out of um, Revelation chapter 22. And in Revelation chapter 22, verses 17 through 21, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty, Come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to anyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is faithful witness to all these saints say, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. So, Revelation is more than just the last book of the Bible. You know, those specific words there, you know, specifically say, do not add or take away from the Bible. You know, it's God's final written word. And, you know, we have many of these cults today, like the Queen James Bible, that are LGBTQ friendly. And you know what? It's not right. It isn't right. It's not right at all. Or um, people who um, combine uh, this new cultish movement called Chrislam, or they combine the Koran and the Bible as one. No, that ain't right at all. And so, you know, Revelation, God can reveal many things to you in certain ways. For example, uh, he can reveal just many things to you. <laughs> this morning, I... Um, it was a rough morning. So as many of you know, I am a Karis student, and I'm doing my third year out in Colorado Springs, so I fly out there every other weekend. And I got back last night at around 11.45 p.m. Uh, shout out to my buddy Pedro in the back who picked me up from the airport late last night. Thank you very much, sir. Um, and I didn't get home till about 1 o'clock in the morning. And I got that extra hour of sleep because I forgot it was daylight saving times, and boy, did I need it. So I'm thankful for that. And this morning, I reluctantly, or I shouldn't say that word, I lost my car keys. And I'm like, oh, great. And it's like, I'm going to have to call Paul saying I can't come in because I lost my car keys. But then, I mean, I was looking for them in the dark without the lights on. And I turned on the lights and I found my car keys. So I was able to make it here this morning with about four minutes to spare. That's why I came rushing in here this morning because I barely was able to make it in. And... On the way over, um, you know, with Revelation, you know, Holy Spirit can reveal things to you, and I didn't even realize that I was in such a rush to get here, I didn't realize I was doing 90 and a 55, and the Holy Spirit said, slow down. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I slowed down and was able to make it here on time. So, you know, that's all that really matters. So, you know, Revelation is more than than just the last book. The Holy Spirit can reveal things to you when, you know, you, you know, you don't want to listen, but, you know, you just got to open your ears and listen, and he's right there all on. So, yeah, I'm here. God is good, and um, <laughs> it's good to be back. It's been about three months since I opened the service. So, um, yeah, why don't we all stand? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this day, and Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you reveal the small things to us that are needed in that matter. We thank you, that God, Heavenly Father, that, that you sent your Son to die for our sins, Lord. 
We thank you, Lord, that through his sacrifice, we can receive the eternal gift of salvation and live in paradise. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, not everything in life works the way you want it to. Every once in a while, you break a string. You know, it just, and it's the one you need. It's the one you got to have. So let's do this. Let's just take a few minutes because they have to find another guitar. I'm so sorry. But um, Rick, would you be able to come up and we're going to receive the offering? Amen. Give Rick a big warm welcome this morning. Good morning. Yes, uh, before I start, how many golfers do we have in the group here? Raise your hand if you've golfed or ever hit a golf ball. Okay, now the truth comes out. That's right. That's good. Well, my name is Rick Swanson. Uh, I'm the husband of that gorgeous thing right there, Chris. And I'm the father of that gorgeous little thing there, Kayla. And I'm the father-in-law of that big, tall European guy. And I'm also the grandpa, the papa of little Esther. My little joy. Yeah. Okay, that's the end of my uh, message. Just kidding. Okay. Um... I was thinking of this just before Pastor asked me to come up. Um, I might be the longest person associated with this ministry. I was at the first or second service that Pastor Dan and Claudia had in River Falls back at the farmhouse. I was thinking about that. It just hit me when I was back there. Uh, Revelation. That's good. Yes. Yeah, amen. Well, is it up there? Yes, it is. This is what you should expect today. That would be in honor of Pastor Greg for his funnies that he always has. I love it. Okay. So this will be brief. Honestly, it's already longer than I thought it would be. Okay. Um, Joey, would you go ahead and share the couple scriptures, uh, the first one? Uh, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Next. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Well, we're certainly living in those times, are we not? And how about you? When I, when I read the scripture on this screen, I don't know what it is, but it just means more. Like when I'm reading at home, in my bed, at night, before, I, I just zip right through lots of things. But it just seems like when I'm here and I read, it hits me even more. I don't know if it's that way with you. Um, let's see. And then the uh, second verse, please. Acts. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, 
praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Okay, now the point of those scriptures for me today is this. Chris and I have helped start a few churches in our life, um, right from the ground up. And I want to give a little parallel or similar story based on my life to what's going on here at River Valley, and that would be this. I give golf lessons. I have for 37 years. I've been golfing for 51 years. When I give an instruction, or when I give instructions to someone, basically all we need is a golf club and golf balls, and then an eager learner and myself. However, if you've ever been on a driving range, and that's what you, where you need to be to give a lesson because you need that area, that space, there's a lot more that goes into it than just a club, balls, an instructor, and an eager and willing student. And that's the same here at River Valley. That's the same here in any ministry. That's the same for the vision of 24 more churches that we want to see in the area, right? So here's just a, a way for you to look at giving. This is a talk about giving. Should we put that back up, Joy, just to remind them once again? That first one. This is, this is the hard attitude that I have in life, and I hope you would have as well, that all you have is really the Lord's. There's nothing that you have that is yours. If he asks you, you give it, right? Okay, so when I give a golf lesson, and by the way, I've spent hours trying to come up with two pages to make a short talk, which already is long, and, and I'm not even following my notes. Figure. Okay, but here's a short list. Now, this is the practical things needed for me to give a golf lesson to my disciple, okay? I need a driving range, typically five to eight acres. I need golf balls. I need uh, baskets for carrying the balls. I need yardage markers, directional flags. I need a range ball picker to pick them up. I need a tractor, a golf cart to move that picker. I need a ball dispenser or clubhouse to store and receive the range balls, an irrigation system to water the grass, a well to pump the water to irrigate, a fairway and tea mower to cut the grass, fertilizer, an aerification machine to keep hitting areas from getting too compacted, sand and grass seed to fill in areas of use, employees to operate machinery, an expert on grass maintenance, food and water availability, restrooms, a parking lot, lighting, electricity to run irrigation, a mechanic to maintain all forms of equipment, someone to keep track of paying the bills and payroll and gas to run the vehicles and equipment that's just so I can give one lesson to somebody now think about this ministry think of what just look around for just a moment look at all you see this is just the tip of the iceberg that goes on here and that's why giving is so important the gospel is free but getting it out isn't it's communicating that going into all the world, that's the hard part. Can I have the next verse? And we'll be wrapping this up before Jamie's fingers wear out. Okay, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith 
and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, but human cunning, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And then finally, the last verse, and I'll be done. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Again, that's where we're at. So I leave you with this. You are a disciple of Jesus. What do you think it takes to disciple a group of 150 to 200 people here at River Valley? How about fulfilling the vision of planting, maintaining, and growing 24 churches up and down the St. Croix Valley? It's a big task, but we have a big God who works through his people supernaturally and practically. The gospel is free. Jesus paid the price in full. But going into all the world, that can be expensive. Let's go. Amen. Okay, well, we got our four ways of giving. We know that, right? We all got it memorized by now, right? Okay, but today, after you've given abundantly, don't forget, we have a wonderful, honored guest today, Greg Moore. Pastor Greg, I have all his, pretty much all his teachings. If you would like to give into his ministry, just go ahead and put a little note, Greg Moore, down in the memo. And with that, I am done. Say that name. Say that name. Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that name. Thank you for your name, giving us your name. And in your name, there is life. In your name, there's freedom. In your name, there's joy. Thank you, Lord, for your name that you have given us and that we live within. We give you glory, honor, and praise because you are worthy. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, since we have the offering and everything out of, done with today already, and I want to thank Rick because that he just he had to step in and he wasn't, I know he wasn't ready. We, it wasn't when we usually do it, but thank you, Rick, for doing that. Also, I wanted to just remind you that if you give online today um, and you're going to want to give to Pastor Greg Moore, uh, his ministry, then put in the, just do it, go to the rvcc.info 
website, there's a giving button there. Go ahead and give. But in the memo, make sure to put in there uh, Pastor Greg Moore, M-O-H-R. And we'll make sure, even if you do it M-O-O-R-E, we'll still give it all to them. It, we won't hold back. We won't. We promise. Now, if you spelled, no, never mind. So I just want to give him as much time as possible this morning to minister. Uh, Pastor Greg and Janice have been such a blessing to, to Debbie and I and, and uh, this church and our ministry, and we love them so much. It's just an honor, absolute honor, having them with us, and they've been with us since Thursday, and, and we've had ministers' meetings on Thursday and Friday, and I've heard so many good reports from the folks that were here during that time, because he's a pastor to pastors. That's the beauty of it. Just the ministry that, that they, they walk in builds up the body of Christ from the, from the core all the way up. And I know you're going to be blessed this morning. Please give a warm welcome to Pastor Greg Moore. Thank you, John. Appreciate you. Thank you, Lord. Well, why don't you give a bigger hand to Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. You know, um, my wife and I, uh, this is my beautiful bride, Janice. Why don't you stand up, honey, and everybody see you. Uh, um, you know, we pastored for 27 years, uh, 24 of those in one place. And so we really love pastors, and we love the local church. And, and uh, you know, and we, and we, you, when, you, when you've done something for a period of time, you, you, you know what... Uh, uh, really, you, you you see that it's not about you know success in ministry is not about nickels, numbers, and noses. It's about uh, you know it's about health. It's about life. It's it's about fruit. It's about making disciples. And and uh, I'm telling you guys, this this is a very very healthy culture. It's a very healthy church. You guys have got wonderful pastors, wonderful great elders. Uh, you you know you need to. Uh, be thankful, amen, for the gifts that God sends to you here. And I just just want to uh, just want to express my appreciation to John and Debbie, you know, that for the examples and the models that they are uh, to the body of Christ, to to you guys and to, and to so many others. And uh, let's give them a good hand and tell them we really appreciate them. Amen. <clears throat> amen. And you know, I, I bring John into, uh, I'm, I oversee the ministry school in third year at Karis Bible College. We have about 75 students in that school preparing people for ministry. And I bring John in every year because he's got so much to impart uh, to, our, to our students. And then, and then several of you all have been so gracious to help host some of those uh, graduates as interns here during the summer. And I want to thank you for those of you that, that were, uh, have been part of that. How many of you uh, helped in some way with those interns over the summer? I believe there's a number of you. Thank you so much. Praise God. So uh, open your Bibles wherever you like. I'm going to be in Philippians. I'm going to be in Philippians chapter 3 and 1 John 2 if you want to join me. But then I want to tell you a funny first, and this is really, really funny. <clears throat> this is called the gender test for computers. So, so there were some adults 
taking a computer science course at a community college. And after a few weeks of classes, their professor decided to have a bit of fun with them one day. So uh, he, he, he divided the men and women. He only had two genders in his... <clears throat> in his class. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and he divided the men and women in his class in, into two different groups and gave them each 20 minutes to determine which gender computers ought to be. So after 20 minutes, both groups came back to share their discovery. And the men shared first and declared they voted unanimously that computers should be referred to in the feminine gender. And the professor said, okay, well, share with me your reasons for this determination. And they had four points. First of all, they said computers should be referred to in the female gender because no one but their creator understands their internal logic. Number two, when computers speak to each other, they speak in code language. Only they and experts can understand. Number three, every mistake you ever make is stored on their hard drive. For later retrieval. And number four, as soon as you commit to one, you end up spending half your paycheck accessorizing. <laughs> but don't laugh too hard, because the women had the last word on this subject, as they always do. And they voted unanimously that computers must be in the masculine gender for the following reasons. Oh, this is too funny. First of all, in order to get their attention, you have to turn them on. <laughs> Number, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Number two, they have a lot of data, but they still can't think for themselves. Number three, they're supposed to help you solve the prob problems, but half the time they are the problem. <laughs> and number four, as soon as you commit to one, you realize if you'd waited a little longer, you could have gotten a better model. <laughs> that is funny. Somebody sent me that on a video, and I was, I was just crying. I brought, I brought Janice in and I said, I got to type this out and tell it. So, a merry heart does good like a medicine. Amen. So, Philippians chapter 3, let's look at verse 7. I've got to wipe the tears from my eyes right now. That's awesome. We, we've, had a, we've had an amazing week this week with the ministers, with the with with the the church, it's just been it's just been amazing, just really good. We're we're uh, we're thankful to be in relationship with you guys, and and uh, it's just it's just all, this is awesome in the, being being part of the kingdom and developing relationships. Amen. 
You know, God God connects us. He he build, God builds his kingdom in two ways through through revelation and relationship. And so you know you want to honor and and respect and steward those relationships that that God connects you with. And and we're we're thankful that He's connected us here with River Valley Christian Church. Okay, so. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, But what things were gained to me, these I've counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also counted all things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, and be found in Him. Everybody say, be, be found in Him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Verse 10 is what I want to focus on, that I may know Him. That I may know Him. That I may know Him. And the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death. I just want to talk to you simply this morning about just knowing Jesus. Just knowing Him. This is an amazing statement from the aged Apostle Paul, you know, over 60 years old at this writing. He had walked with the Lord for over 30 years. He'd made significant kingdom accomplishments, planted several churches in different regions, written many epistles, healed the sick, you know, seen miracles, cast out devils. He was raised from the dead himself and witnessed revivals in cities and remote islands. His life and ministry had an amazing impact in thousands of lives up to that point. If anybody knew the Lord, it was the Apostle Paul. From his Damascus Road experience, uh, remember the time that you met the Lord? Can you remember that? Okay, from that time until, until now, and, and he lived his life for the glory of God. Yet here's, here's the Apostle Paul towards the end of his life writing from jail saying, here's the goal of my life is that I may know him. Man. And he said everything else, every other accomplishment, every other success, everything that I've done, even the things that the Lord has led me to do, it, it all pales in comparison to knowing him. All that all... Everything we do, guys, it's out of the fruit of our relationship with Him. Yeah? I mean, it, it's everything we know about what He's called us to do, and you know, we, you know, we pray and seek God about His plan for our lives and all that, but it's, it all comes out of intimacy with the Lord. How many of you have children? How many of you know how that happened? It comes out of intimacy. We bear fruit out of intimacy. Yeah? And it's, it's, know, it's knowing Him. Knowing Jesus was Paul's highest goal in life, and it should be ours. Everything else pales in comparison. And know, knowing Jesus isn't just a one-time thing that happened, you know, whenever it was that you were born again. Okay, I got born again in 1971 in a Methodist church on the word that I heard in a Baptist church seven years before. And, um, and I, got, I, got, I got born again. 
But, but, no, but knowing Jesus isn't just, uh, yeah, I met him and, and now I'm, I've got fire insurance and, and, and I'm okay, I'm going to heaven. Yeah, but are you going to heaven? Are you going to heaven having accomplished where, you, where your life is impacting and influencing other people because you know him? Amen? 17, John 17, 3 says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. It's progressive. Eternal life, it doesn't begin when you go to heaven. Eternal life begins when you, when you meet the Lord and receive Him and then you learn more about Him. I, I used to read in the book of Revelation, Michael, I, and, and I, I'm, I'm pretty practical, so I, I, read, I read this and, and it said, they're, they're singing holy, holy, holy to the Lord 24-7. I'm thinking, that is boring. <laughs> that is like mega boring. <laughs> and, and until the Lord showed me what it meant, it, it, it's like you get one glimpse of, of glory, and, and it's like, holy. And then you get another glimpse of a revelation of His a dimension of His character and who He is, and Holy. And then you get another glimpse, and it's holy. You know, it's this is not. Yeah, somebody, somebody got it over here. That's awesome. You're teaching them right, aren't you, Deb? That's awesome. Praise God. You couldn't make that up, could you? You know, knowing how many of you're married. Okay, how many of you understand? Just when you said "I do," you got a, there's a lot more learning. Amen. <laughs> so, my wife and I went to Israel. Our church sent us to Israel, 2007, I think, or eight, or anyway. So we we go to Israel, and and I've been we've been married 30 plus years, and um, <laughs> so we up on we're up on the Masada. Where the Jews hid from the Romans, and and uh, and it was really really hot, and they and and they had this fruit stand, and I was gonna, and I and and they had all they would take is cash, and all I had was about eight the, enough cash to buy one. There were about eight bucks for these smoothies, and you had strawberry, banana, and orange, and um, and so I said, well, I'm gonna I like strawberry banana, so I'm gonna sacrifice my wife for my wife and get orange and so I bring this smoothie eight bucks and I bring it to her and she said in front of my friends and she said you know I don't like orange juice <laughs> we've been married 30 plus years I said yeah I just spent my last eight bucks <laughs> buying something I know you didn't like well you never told me you didn't well I just drank it because you guys drank it And somebody, somebody have mercy on me and gave me some money, and I went and bought the strawberry banana. But, but so the point, the point is, guys, we think we know one another. I'm, co- I'm constantly learning things about my wife, right? And she's learning things about me. And it's like, it's like, look, relationship isn't a relationship isn't you know, hey, I've got this, and now we can go on and with other things. It's, it's, it's about communion, and it's about knowing one another and it's about learning more about one another and and uh and I think that's and I know that's the way 
I know that's the way it is with the Lord. Um, and Andrew Womack, uh, I mean, if you are you familiar with Andrew's ministry, so Andrew uh, is built. He's building right now. He's got a building program, probably I don't know, several hundred million dollars. Okay, it's, he's going to do housing and activity center, and uh, he's been to Liberty University and all these universities. He wants to build out this campus, and and so he's building it debt free and. And so a prophet came to him about a year ago and said, God said, ask me for anything you want, and I'll give it to you. Anything you want. And so Andrew was not frivolous about that. He prayed about it. God, God I don't even know, what do I ask? Because I need several hundred million dollars for these buildings and all this. All this. And he, he was seeking the Lord. And for about two, three months, and he told our staff, he walked out of his house one day, and it just dropped in his heart. He said, you know, Lord, yeah, we have a lot of needs and everything, but really, bottom line, I just want to know you. I just want to know you. If I know you, if I'm seeking you, and if I'm following you, everything else is going to happen. It all comes out of relationship, guys. And I thought that was pretty powerful. That really, that really ministered to me. That um, that here, this general in the faith is just at the end of the, the, the goal of his life. Lord, I just want to know you. If I'm knowing you, then you're going to lead me to do and and produce the fruit that I'm supposed to produce, and 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 all of that. Yeah. So um, I, that's just I, I just and I'm going to come back to Philippians three because there's three different dimensions here of knowing the Lord that I want to emphasize. But I want to show you something in 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 12 and 13. These are just different stages of spiritual growth here. And, and he describes each one and gives a, gives a descriptor of each one. And he said, uh, I write to you little children, so that would be one stage of spiritual growth. That would be, you know, like infants or children, right? I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you fathers because you've known him who's from the beginning. I write to you young men because you've overcome the wicked one. And now he goes on to talk about how children start to see their fathers following knowing the father and then they they want to emulate that and then then the young man you know uh that they get on the word they get in the word of god to uh substantiate their strength but then then the then the fathers there's no greater there's no greater thing than knowing him there's no greater stage of maturity than knowing him children they're focused on their sins being forgiven Young Christians, their focus is on the benefits of the cross, what Jesus did for us. You know, thank God we need to know that, don't we? That we, that we're forgiven, that we're saved, that we're righteous, that we're healed. That you know, all the stuff that He's given to us, right? Young men, uh, they're focused on their authority in Christ, and I can kick some devil butt, man. I'm gonna, you know, man. I I've got a I've got authority. I've got power, and we need to know we have authority. We need to know that, okay? 
they're, they're, they're focused on their authority. They're seated together in heavenly places. They've been delegated authority by Jesus to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead, do the works of Jesus. But remember, remember Jesus who sent them, when he sent them out two by two, they came back and said, Lord, in, in, in Luke chapter 10, they returned and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Man, it's awesome. It is, man, we, we are powerful. We're, we're awesome. And Jesus, he just patted on, on the back and said, man, y'all are awesome, boys. Didn't he? Didn't he do that? What did he say? He said, never, he said, that's great, but nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. In verse 20 of Luke 10, he said, but rather rejoice because your name's written in heaven. What is that about? Keep your priorities right, boys. <laughs> Remember, knowing me and your relationship with me is why the demons are subject to you. Can you see that? Keep the main thing the main thing. But then the fathers, their focus is just knowing him. And then when he when he when he runs through the cycle again, he said the fathers, they're just about knowing him. Just knowing no there's no greater dimension of maturity, no greater stage of maturity than just knowing him. Are you, are you hearing me? So um, I want you to go back to Philippians 3 and verse 10. It says that I may know Him. <clears throat> and then it gives you three different dimensions of knowing Him. The power of His resurrection. Everybody say the power of His resurrection. Fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to his death. Okay, so let me unpack that, all right? That's what I want to do this morning. Just unpack what those three things mean. And I'm not I don't have the last word on any subject. Those of you Bible teachers, you guys could just you could teach a series on this. You know what what knowing the Lord is about, but he's he said I know I do know this that knowing him includes knowing him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. So the power of his resurrection is the revelation that his resurrection trumps all the works of the enemy. No matter, no matter what the enemy's doing, Jesus has done greater. No matter what the enemy's, how the enemy's attacking you in your life, we need to know him in the power of his resurrection because there's no greater enemy than death. I mean, death is what produces sickness and disease. Okay? And and all other things that we can go through, but Jesus, Jesus trumped all of that. And, and knowing Him in the power of His resurrection is no matter what the enemy's doing, Jesus has already defeated Him. And, and, and that will, that will, if we believe that, if that will, if we know Him in that dimension, it'll bring us victory if we hold on to that. And, and we don't, and we don't uh, place greater value on what the enemy's doing than what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. And I'm knowing Him in that. Yeah? <clears throat> Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Okay, so we know with God all things are possible. Okay, certainly with God all things are possible, 
But I want to I want to encourage you to focus on the on the word with instead of with God all things are possible. Here's here's the things that causes causes all things to become possible for you is that you and I get with God. With God all things are possible. If we'll move with God, if we'll spend time with God, if we'll listen to the Lord, if we'll spend time with Him and know Him. Father, you've got, a, a, you've got there, there's no temptation taking me as ex, such as common to man. And God will, with that temptation, make the way of escape. You're going to show me how to get through this situation. There's no impossible situation that God can't make possible. If I get with God, if you get with God, you, and you seek the Lord, and you know the Lord, Amen? And certainly that could be counseling and certainly it includes coming to church and being a part of the body and sometimes the answer is through somebody else. But the bottom line is I'm getting, I'm, I'm going to know Him and I'm going to spend time with Him and then the impossible things in my life become possible. Yes? Mark chapter 3 Verse 14 and 15, Jesus appointed 12 that they might be with Him. So the first thing He did, He appointed 12 that they might be with Him. And then He sent them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Guys, the the answer to so many of our big, immense things in our lives that we're facing is we just need to get with God. And we just need to seek God. And we just need to know the Lord. And, and we need to make that our priority instead of, instead of just, you know, we need to know the healer more than want the healing. And I, it's all right to want the healing, but I'm saying, do you want to know the healer more than you want the benefits of the healer? Good preaching, Pastor Greg. Jesus in John 5.19 says, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself but what He sees the Father do. For what he, whatever He sees, whatever He does, the, the Son does in like manner. Jesus being with the Father and flowing with what He saw the Father do. Guys, that's, that's how miracles, signs, and wonders happen. If I'm with God, if I'm following Him, if I'm flowing with Him, uh, then, then no matter what I'm facing in life, God can turn that thing around. There's no impossibility. Yeah, but what if I die seeking the Lord? Well, I'd rather be seeking the Lord when I, when I die than not. Amen? I'd rather be in faith and trust in God and love in Jesus than focusing on all, all the problems. Look, yeah, but but I, I need to get rid of this problem. Look, you're gonna, you're going to have you're going to deal with problems in life. You, many of us, what we're asking for is is to be problem free and no challenges, and that's heaven, guys. You're praying that you die. That's what you're praying. <laughs> that you're not going to have any more challenges. You're going to have a few challenges. Amen. And so, but Philippians 1.28 says, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them 
a proof of their destruction, but to you, but to you of salvation and that from God. Are, are, are you with me on this? What, what is he saying? When, when you face the worst situation in your life and, and you're, you're knowing the Lord, you're with the Lord more than, you, more than you know the disease that's attacking your body. The people, many times people know more about their disease than they do about the remedy. Right? And, but you get with God. And, in, and then when you get with God, it's like, it, that's the best you've got, devil? I've got news for you. I'm, I'm, I'm the victor. Now, uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14, Now thanks be unto God, who always causes me to triumph. Always causes me to triumph. He always causes me to triumph. How does that happen, though? You and I just, we have to get with God. And there are, you can't microwave this, guys. You can't call a prayer line or intercessors in the church to do your praying for you or get with God for you. We, we've got to draw near to Him. That's our answer. And when we're trying to find it in all other kinds of things, and I've got wonderful products back there, but they're not going to substitute for you spending time with the Lord and knowing Him. And when you stand, when you face, when you stare the enemy down with, you, I don't care what you throw at me, it's not greater than what Jesus did for me. Amen. And that, that terrifies Him. So I'm talking about knowing Him in the power of His resurrection. Man, He, he defeated death. And the enemy comes against you He's trying to throw stuff at you. Just well, while you're here, Mister Devil, let me talk to you about your future. <laughs> One angel's going to grab you by the nap in the neck, throw you in the lake of fire. I'm going to be living in the presence of God forever, where you should have been. But you're a loser, and you start talking to him like that. He's he's not going to be around. Amen, <laughs> guys. From this perspective of knowing him and the power of his resurrection. You can stare death and cancer and negative financial reports and divorce and everything in the, in the face with no fear. And if you don't fear what the enemy is throwing at you, it's an evident sign of his defeat. There's a song that said, greater, he, is, he is greater than the fight that rages for your life. God is greater, yes? Amen. And the greater one who you know in this dimension, it'll, it'll bring you victory every time. Joshua 2.9 says, I know that the Lord has given you the land, but the terror of you has fallen on us, and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. You understand the devil's scared to death of you? If you know Jesus and the power of His resurrection... It just simply means, I'm, Lord, I'm getting with you and my impossible turns to possible when I'm spending time with you. And if, there's, if, you, if I need to know something, you'll show me. But I'm getting my focus off of me. I'm getting my focus off the problem, off of what the enemy's doing. My focus is on you. And look, if you need healing, go out and heal people. If you need encouragement, go out and encourage people. 
you need financial blessing, find somebody you can sow into. Stop doing all this woe is me, singing a sad song, acting like Jesus died and he didn't raise from the dead. Amen? I know him, guys. I know him in this dimension. Knowing him in this dimension caused me to receive healing from cancer. My son, Michael, was healed of a debilitating arthritic muscular condition when he was a child. My granddaughter, Joelle, was healed of club feet in her mother's womb. She was totally born, totally normal. The only thing different about, about her birth was that she had club feet. All the sonograms showed it, that, that she had extra skin around her ankles, which is what would have happened had she had the surgery. And, and I mean, I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. I'm not saying it, that sometimes it took a while. Sometimes it happened instantly. Most of the time it took time for us just to stand on the Word and hold on to the Word. But we're people of faith. What a pe- what a, are you a believer? What do believers do? What do believers do? We believe. And, and I'm, I'm, I ministered the other night about 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 faith and and man how what believers believe and 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 we believe that he is how many of you how many of you believe that Jesus died for your sins how many of you were there to witness that event how many of you believe you're going to heaven when you die how many how many of you've ever been there how many of you believe that maybe one or two of you've had a, a vision vision there or maybe you have visited and come back um but most people that go there don't want to come back. So how many of you believe your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life? How many of you seen the book? So your very eternal existence is based on an event that happened that you didn't witness, a place you're going you've never been, a book your name is written in you've never seen. Is this true? And you still believe. And, and for, your, for your eternal life that you believe that and then so why are we having struggle over a little temporal healing or financial blessing or believing god for relational harmony why are we why are we we're believers what do believers do how long are you going to believe that jesus died for your sins well why what do we do look have you ever had a doubt since you believed what do you do with doubts? Just look them in the face. I doubt you doubt. <laughs> doubts are made to doubt. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. That is awesome. Number two. And, and I've got the airport in sight. We're about to land, so don't get nervous. Okay, I spent more time on that first one. So the felt, knowing him in the power of his resurrection... And then number two is in the fellowship of his sufferings. I'm sure this is this one's on your refrigerator, right? This is the one you're really believing for, right? The fellowship of his sufferings. Well, look, this. Let me tell you what doesn't it doesn't include what Jesus suffered on the cross for us: our sins, sicknesses, poverty, mental anguish. Yet there is a fellowship of his sufferings we are called to embrace. 2 Timothy 3.12 provides us a clue about that. And it says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer. 
persecution. Everybody say suffer. suffer. Persecution. persecution. Say the godly. God. And I'm godly. God. Yeah, that was kind of weak. <laughs> you got kind of weak on me there. How many of you are godly? You're, you're going to suffer persecution, guys. It has to do with dealing with difficult people, sandpaper people. Uh, we affectionately call them, uh, we've, we affectionately, my wife and I affectionately call them, uh, Brian, we call, we call them EGRs, extra grace required. You know who that is? Don't look to the right or to the left and, and incriminate yourself. But that person, that person that, their personality just kind of, you know, grates on you, and it just like fingernails on the chalkboard, and you know, and 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 for me, it's it's the it's the people that have an eternal whine in their voice, you know, Pastor, I don't know why God doesn't do anything for me. I'm thinking, oh Jesus. I can tell you why. <laughs> First Peter 4 verse 1 says, He who has suffered in the flesh, he said, arm yourself with the same mind, for he, he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased, has ceased from sin. You know, it's, it's Jesus when His own brothers came to Him and didn't believe in Him, and they chided Him and Tried to get him to do something to prove to the world who he was, and it's it was you know dealing with rejection and persecution and accusations from religious leaders and and the re- teaching ever you know and pouring his life into people and and then uh, teaching a, re- a, a difficult message and all the disciples except for the twelve leaving. So how many of you ever poured into somebody's life and then it and they did and it's like they never get it. And you, God, how long am I going to... Now, I understand, you know, some people, you have to put boundaries in people's lives. I'm not, I'm not suggesting you become a doormat for anybody. Okay, so you have to set boundaries with people. But guys, if you're going to know Jesus in, in the fellowship of His sufferings, you're going to have to deal with unlovely people. And you're praying for God to get the, those people out of your life, and God's praying... Jesus is praying at the right hand of the Father that He could get Himself through you to them. Are you are you hearing me? I had a girl, I had a gal uh, who was in our church a number of years ago, and she worked for the Wicked Witch of the East. Her supervisor was just was just terrible, and treated her terrible. And she was so I'm gonna quit. I want to go work for a Christian organization like there's no sandpaper people there there are lots of sandpaper people in a Christian organization or and Christian churches anyway and she's praying get God get me out of there and so her husband told her now look the Bible says in Romans 12 21 you're not supposed to be overcome by evil overcome evil with what overcome evil with what and she was praying, God, get me out of here. And, and he said, you need to stay, honey, and pray for, and, and overcome evil with good. And, and anyway, he came, she came, they both came to the church that night and 
and, and I preached on this, okay? That this is part of the fellowship of sufferings that we have to deal with, is dealing with unlovely people. Again, you don't, make, you don't become a doormat to people. You put boundaries in their life, but, but maybe God brought them there for you to manifest Jesus to them. And so she starts, and I started talking about how give her Starbucks cards and give them, you know, give them gifts and be nice to them. And anyway, she repented, and she and she started giving her Starbucks cards and having bought bought the girl lunch and 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 they became and gave her flowers and they and they became really close. And do y'all remember the Passion of the Christ movie? Okay, we rented out the entire theater in Decatur, Texas. And we gave away tickets for our people to invite people to come. And because we rented out the whole theater, we get, we were able to give altar calls. Yeah. And and Debbie's former Wicked Witch of the East um, supervisor and her husband and family came and they all got saved. Yeah. <clears throat> now you're clapping... But I'm, God is calling you. He's calling you to be open to minister to that person that grates you the wrong way. Now certainly, again, I, I know you have to put boundaries on people and, and some people are time wasters and, and, you know, so I'll give them something to do and make sure that they're acting on it and that kind of thing. But still, Guys, they're prayer projects for you. And that's, some of the, that's knowing Jesus in the fellowship of His sufferings or it was being willing to be inconvenienced by difficult people. Are you hearing me? And finally, we've landed, okay? Being conformed to His death. I'm sure that's on your refrigerator verse too. <clears throat> it's those, what, what is that? It's those Gethsemane experiences each of us go through following the will of God when the, when the flesh dies a thousand deaths. You know God's told you to do something and your flesh is dying. God called my wife and I from Houston, Texas to Decatur, Texas from four and a half million to 5,000 people. The whole town rolled up at night at six o'clock. I died a thousand deaths. I... I knew God, surely you're sentencing me to anonymity. Y'all have heard of the megatropolis, Decatur, Texas, right? And I, surely you're sentencing me to anonymity, but that's where I met my pastor, Bob Nichols. That's where I met Paul Milligan, who uh, was uh, who's on Andrew's board. That's where I met Andrew Womack from Decatur, Texas. That's how I am where I am. Are you hearing me? Guys, it's... It's Jesus training James and John. It's you don't put your mother up to trying to get me to promote you. Okay, uh, are you willing to are you willing to die the death? Are you willing to be baptized the way I'm? Uh, are are you willing to suffer the baptism that I'm suffering? You got to look. The way up is down. It's Moses. Uh, Stephen said in Acts seven that. Uh, that it came into Moses' heart um, that he would be a deliverer of the children of Israel. And then he'd been up all night 
listening to Frank Sinatra sing, I did it my way. And so he, he started killing one Egyptian at a time. Then he had to go for 40 years and get his BSD degree, backside of the desert. Then God revisioned him after 40 years. And he still had to go through this baptism of death. He still had to know the Lord being conformed to his death. It was, it was Jesus, it was essentially what Jesus was praying in, in Matthew 26, 39. He went a little further, fell on his face and prayed, Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. What is he saying? My flesh doesn't want to die. I don't, I don't know sin. I don't want to take the sin of the world on me. I don't know sickness. I don't want to take that on me. But I'm willing to die. I'm willing to die to my, what my flesh wants. Right? And then so, so uh, Moses, when he got revision, got, he had a rod in his hand. What did God ask him to do? Throw it down. What did it become? A snake, a poisonous snake, which is a type of the serpent nature that's in every one of our dreams and vision that where we haven't, where we haven't circumcised our heart from self-promotion and self-ambition. And if, if, you're, if you're driving your ministry or career bus with, with selfish ambition, you will run over people. You can have a godly vision or dream, but if you haven't, if you haven't known the Lord and being conformed to His death, You'll, you'll justify promoting yourself and running over other people at other people's expense. And Moses had, to pick, Moses had to pick that. I'm not picking up snakes, you understand? But if you pick it up, by, if you're going to pick one up, it's not by the tail. What did that mean? Certain death to him. So he said, if you're going to do my will, you're going to have to do it my way. Pick it up by the tail. And then it became the rod of God in his hand. The way up is down, guys. It's not the the way you get promoted in the kingdom is to serve and die a thousand deaths. The flesh trying to do the will of God its way. That's what we die to. That's knowing Him in the fellowship, knowing Him in the, in the uh, being conformed to His death. Now I want us to. I've got a song that I want us to. Uh, they're going to play. Um, I want us to just, they'll have the words up there. Let's sing this together um, and then, then, then we'll close, okay? You're my all, you're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness. And I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Guys, while heads are bowed, I just want to give this invitation. If you've never opened your heart to the Lord, if you don't know that you know Him, uh, if you're not sure, if you died tonight, you're not sure, you go to heaven. I, I just want to pray with you right where you're at. Would you just lift your hand to say, I want to know Jesus. I want to know Him. I want to open my heart to Him. I'm just looking over the Congregation, okay. Uh, how many of you, I'm going to give two other invitations. How many of you um, say, yeah, I know him, but you know, I, I know him, I met him, but but I haven't really been, 
I haven't really known him in these dimensions you're talking about, Greg. I haven't really been knowing him in the power of his resurrection or the fellowship of his sufferings. And and I, I really want to know him that way. I want to come back to the Lord. I, I haven't been really... I, I, I know him, but I really haven't been living for him. If that's you, just lift your hand. I want to see... I see, the, I see those hands. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for your... And, and then just one more invitation... He's, uh, especially on this last point, um, but I'll also include the suffering with a difficult EGR person. But uh, if, if you've been if you've been trying to do God's will in in your own way, and you know you've been trying to market and self promote and all that, and and you're recognizing today, it's just total surrender. And God, I'm going to do. I'm going to do Your will, Your way, and you're you're just acknowledging that. Or you're uh, you say I've got a really difficult sandpaper person that I've been trying to give uh, get out of my life, but I'm I, I'm going to let You get through me to them uh, by overcoming evil with good. On either one of those, lift your hand, and I just want to agree with you. Praise God. All right. If you lifted your hand, let's let's just pray this together. Okay. Just say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege of knowing Jesus. And knowing you, Lord, is more than just a one-time meeting. I open my heart and let you fully in my life. I yield to you, Lord. I receive you, Father, as my Lord and Savior. And I yield my life to deal with difficult people, to love them like you love them. Father, to do your will, your way, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, guys, if, if God's really touched your life today, I want to encourage you to tell someone else about it. Tell somebody, make yourself accountable to somebody else that God's, God's really touched my life in, in this way and uh, in knowing Him. And then, you know, as, we know, as we're knowing Him, we're going we're gonna to make Him known to others. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Love you all.